0: now on the Lakeshore Records podcast is the composer of the fantastic Bates Motel. Uh, it's Chris Bacon. Chris, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing too bad. Whereabouts uh, in the world are you now? I am sitting in my
1: studio in Westlake Village, which is just west of Los Angeles. So 20 minutes or so.
0: Today, we're primarily talking about the wonderful score for Bates Motel. Um, it's just come out through Lakeshore Records digitally, and it's going to come out on uh, vinyl, double LP set through IM8Bit. And, um, it looks, it looks fantastic. What the, the, the design behind the album is just, it fits so well. And I, you know, when it was explained to me what it was going to look like, I wasn't sure how they were going to pull it off. But once I saw pictures of it, it just, it completely blew me away. Um, are you... Like, how does it feel to know that, that you know, there's a company out there going to this kind of level of attention uh, for one of your one of your compositions?
1: Well, it, on, on, on a certain level, it makes me feel like, wow, I sure hope the music is worthy of this. There are a, a lot of really kind of incredibly uh, talented uh, people working on the, the art and the design and the logistics and the layout and everything that goes into it. Um, you know, the music it's a it's a collection of the first four seasons and um, you know it was done some time ago what, what what's going on in this album and then to see them putting this much effort and creating such a kind of impressive uh, product makes me want to kind of go back and revisit a few of the cues see if i can plus them up a little bit to a uh, to make unworthy of it.
0: Do you uh do you ever do that actually? Just jumping in there. Do do you ever have you gone back and re-listened to some of the stuff from the earlier seasons of Bates Motel?
1: Well, I had to listen uh, in the creation of this album um, to try to find because it's you know you do even something like Bates Motel, which is we're entering our our fifth season, but it's quote unquote only ten episodes a season, but there's still a lot of music that's been done um, over the course of 40 episodes have been written. You know, you figure the episodes average between 20 and 30 something minutes of music. Um, You know, there's a lot to kind of parse through um, to try to create an enjoyable listening experience. Um, And sometimes that process was enjoyable. Other times it was, you know, kind of like, Oh boy. What what, what and, and that's that's when those thoughts entered in my head. Like wow, all these all these tremendous artists creating this thing, and uh, <laughs> I, I really I, I really hope that I can can measure up. But at the same time, uh, I'm also I, I, if I'm allowed to say this, you're proud of the work that's been done mm. because the the and it, it sometimes is because I, I don't you know go back and listen to things that, that I've done. You know, partly as a product of uh, I've been fortunate to be busy and not have time to go back, and partly as a product of, well, I just to, to what end. But it was satisfying in some regards to go back and hear some things that I had forgotten about. And think, oh yeah, I remember that moment. And hey, you know what? I am I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with the way that this this music turned out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it was it was fun to kind of revisit those moments. And frankly, you know, uh, re find some things to dust off for season five that maybe I <laughs> hadn't, I hadn't mind quite enough.
0: How, uh, how much, uh, the show runs for, uh, I think it's roughly like 45 minutes. Uh, it's, it's around that mark. And it, it does, there is a lot of musical content in the show. How much music are you kind of tasked with creating per episode? Does it, does it change depending on what the storyline is or is it kind of, we need 15 minutes every episode.
1: No, it's, it's completely based on what the needs of the episode are. Um, I think the lowest has been something like 14 minutes. And then the highest has been up to something like 37, 38 minutes. And the the challenge, the challenge with that is I don't know what a given episode is going to have until we spot that particular episode. And the the schedule, does an accordion to match how much music there is. So (laughs) becomes you know say i've got you know whatever the time period is to get an episode done um it's pretty nice of all right i only got 15 minutes and Mm. then it becomes panic induced terror um when there's 30 plus minutes in the same amount of time
0: i get you it's it's uh, you know it's uh the creative process is is, is speaking for, for composers. It's something that it, it baffles me because I, I literally, as a music fan, I have no idea how you do what you do. I guess I'll say thank you, um,
1: <laughs> because sometimes, frankly, it's uh, there are plenty of times where I'm looking at what's in front of me and think I don't know how I'm going to do this. But yeah, that's 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 where I'm very very fortunate to get to do what I love to do. Mm. And sometimes I do have to kind of remind myself to step back and realize that this is pretty fantastic that I get to you know, be part of a creative team for such uh, of what I find to be a satisfying uh, creative show um, because sometimes it, 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 I have to remind myself that to not get stuck up in the hours and, and the work involved um, and, you know, doing rewrites and revisions, you know, which none of those things are anybody's necessarily favorite part of it, but um it, it is pretty fantastic to to step back and, and look at the broader picture and and uh, see the people with whom I'm working and and how much work is being put in on their ends and how how great the quality of the work being done overall is.
0: Mm. Oh, that's, that's that's so it's so great to hear. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the show. I mean, I don't think I've met anybody that isn't a fan of the show and. When when Bates Motel was initially announced, it was kind of there was a there was a collective groan amongst uh, you know I know uh, I groaned too <laughs> when they when they first called me about it I was like oh are you serious <laughs> but you know it's it's gone on now and you know we're going I mean you don't get four you don't get four existing seasons and I think there's going to be is it one or two more seasons and then it'll end
1: there is one more season we're about to enter the final season.
0: Okay, so you have 50 episodes of a television show. Now, they don't make 50 episodes of a show that nobody is watching. Right. So the, the, the guys behind, the creators behind the show have, whatever they've tapped into, they, they're doing it well. And the show has been, you know, a worldwide success. It's, it's a popular show here in the UK. I know it's very big over in the US. Um, when you're kind of, when you know that a season is approaching... How long do you have um, to create the score for episodes? Do you normally have like one or two scripts to work on in advance or can it literally be down to the last minute?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I I typically don't read the scripts um, okay. for a variety of reasons. Uh, uh, probably the biggest reason is it's it's... <laughs> for the for the For the same reason, I think that a lot of times people will see a movie and say the book was better mm-hmm. uh, I think sometimes that comes from what you saw in the movie was different from what you pictured in your head mm-hmm. and so there's a certain amount of dissonance that can come as a result of that um, so there's and, and so I, I I try to when when I begin work on an episode um, have that be my first experience with it because nobody else, I I'm basically the only one coming in at that point who has not lived with it for a period of weeks or months or however long. Oh.
0: Um,
1: and so I try to keep that kind of how it impacted me the very first time that I, the, the story hit me. Um, and so, so that's, what, you know, we, that's what we call a spotting session. We sit down with the editor, producer, wh- whoever else is important creatively on that particular episode and talk through the music, where it should be, where it shouldn't be, what kind of music it should be. And then as far as the time allotted to create for that, it, it's, I would say, typically a week, hmm. um, sometimes a little more. Um, if it ever gets less than that, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> Uh, especially if it's one of those music-heavy episodes, <laughs> um, and and it's 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 compounded by the fact that I'm very fortunate to get to record with the, with a real um, orchestra each mm. week, uh, a small string group uh, of some incredible musicians here in Los Angeles, but that also takes some additional time to prepare for, to get orchestrated, to get the parts printed, to have the studio ready, uh, and to have the then the recorded elements um mixed to sound sound good and get shipped to the final uh, show mix. So so it's important that i and they're really good about not compressing it too much to the point where we're compromising the results. Mm. But that being said I would always love more time.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I mean, it's it's you know, I've spoken to uh, I've spoken to a, a number of composers now and kind of it's it's almost like a 50-50 where some people prefer more time and some people kind of like the spontaneity of shit, I need to get this done in the next 12 hours otherwise this is not going to get done. And uh, I'm always in the uh, in the former camp where I would like as much time to do absolutely anything as possible. Um, even if I find myself second guessing myself, which, which I do sometimes when I'm recording this show or recording another show when I think, Oh, I should have asked this question, but you know, that's just, that's just the way it goes. Sometimes it's, uh, nothing to get bent out of shape about when you're, when, when you're creating this, or oh, sorry, when you're creating the score for the show, how much direction do you get from the writer of the show, uh, in regards to kind of oh, we want this feeling in this scene or this is going to be an upbeat scene or are you actually given is there someone giving you kind of musical cues like uh, for instance i would like this to sound like a b or c
1: yeah um certainly and that's um and and we're, we're helped by the fact that we've got four seasons of a library to mm. to from which to draw um to at least give a shorthand of tone and vibe, um, but it's it's pretty rare that we just reuse something from a previous episode. But it's not to say that that it, it's it can be very helpful to have a broad stroke of what works, whether thematically or tonally. So there's that where there's a temp uh, you know, the temporary score that's already in there, which is, which can be informative, whether it's for what to do or what not to do. Um, but then yes, during during this again, what we call the spotting session, there will be uh, usually the editor of the episode and two producers um, and myself and the music editor, and you know maybe you know, one or two others, depending on what what the the episode is, and then we'll sit down to watch it together and talk through um, you know what the music what they what they'd like the music to be. We really want this to be a scare here, or this moment where it feels like it's scary really should actually be more. Feeling the internal uh, conflict right. in you know, head. Yeah. and so there's that, and that's very helpful too, um, to both hear their intent, but also have the opportunity because we, I think we've 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 worked it together enough now, and we have a lot of respect for each other, and where I might be able to perhaps voice a, a dissenting opinion, <laughs> just based on the fact again, because sometimes when you live with the show. Um, for so long with an, with an episode for so long, you know what the intention was. And sometimes that intent, the intention can actually cloud what may be coming across.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, And that's not to say that it's, it's a subjective medium, obviously, but sometimes I'll say, Oh, that's interesting because here's how it impacted me. And then we'll have a discussion and sometimes it leads to, a much different way of approaching something that neither one of us would have thought of on our, uh, on our own.
0: Right. Right. That's, that's really interesting. Um, I've never heard anyone uh, say that before. And I think one of the, one of the real qualities that I, I genuinely love about Bates Motel is the empathy that you can get from the score. I mean, we all know that at the moment in the series, Norman, Norman, you know, it's 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 hard to dislike Norman. Even though he's pretty much a monster, he has killed and, and we know ultimately where Norman is going to end up, but the use of score and it's mainly Norman and Norma I I you know, I kind of I've I get this mm-hmm. feeling of empathy from them. You've you've humanized these two people who are very damaged and not the nicest of people in the world. But I do find myself rooting for both of them quite a lot. And that is mainly down to the musical school.
1: Well, um, let me start by saying thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that, um, I, and and certainly that's that's part of what drew me into this uh, you know, this this industry in the mm. place was the impact um, and the dimension that music can add. Um, that being said, I think that I am also helped. Uh, kind of immeasurably by the writing and the performance, the casting and performances that are there. Because even if you watch without music, the what um, Vera Farmiga and Freddie Highmore and uh, Nestor, Car- and, and the, the, the rest of the cast um, are able to communicate without saying anything is pretty amazing, mm. especially when you think of you know somebody like Norma, who is, you know, or well, she's you know, spoiler alert, she's dead. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't watched the first four seasons yet, sorry about that, um, but that's your fault. Uh, but you, you, when you realize that she's kind of a, she has the, a, a duplicitous side to her, and she has a manipulative side to her, and so does Norman. And then you, you do, you never realize, you're never thinking when you're watching that they're acting, mm. and you think. How difficult that is. That's a person an acting, you know, by definition, is pretending, right? So it's a form of dishonesty if you, the best acting feels honest. But it's them being someone who they're not. Yeah. And then when they're being duplicitous and dishonest with that character, but which is an honest performance of being dishonest, it's like how, how on earth can you do that where we can tell that you are being manipulative but it's believable? It's I don't know it's 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 kind of amazing to me what they're able to do, and so sometimes my job is just to stay out of the way and let them you know do their thing because it's 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 really quite impressive what they're able to do.
0: It is it's it's a this might sound like a silly statement, but it's it's a very watchable show. You know, it's yeah the the thing with the the we've had a trend recently of horror franchises coming to television uh recently it's happened with the exorcist and it's also happened with the there was an omen tv series that that flopped after one season there was a dracula tv show that flopped after one season bates motel is about to go into its fifth season and as i said before that kind of stuff doesn't happen just you know for shits and giggles. There's a reason people are enjoying this show. And, you know, I often forget that Freddie Highmore is English because right. he's, he, he, to me, he is Norman Bates. You know, I did, I grew up as a, uh, I wasn't the biggest horror fan, but I knew who Anthony Perkins was. I knew who Norman Bates was. Uh, I'd heard of Psycho when I finally saw Psycho. I got it completely. It sucked me in and I became a fan. But to me, Freddie Highmore is now Norman Bates. And yeah. there's going to be a whole new generation that don't know who Anthony Perkins is, but yeah, I feel happy that they have him to look at as their Norman Bates.
1: Yeah, he's he's so um, you know complex, but yet hmm. s- somehow relatable. Yeah, which maybe says something about how crazy we are as people. <laughs> yeah, I get that. You know, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, you know, as far as the, the, the show having the legs that it has, I think that that's a testament to the people behind it. Because, mm. you know, which is when I when I was first um, approached about the possibility of this, you know, that you know, my agent described a, a show that you know, they're going to do it, kind of uh, functions sort of as a contemporary prequel to how the characters in Psycho became who we knew them to be, and I had the reaction you know as you, I think you described a, a groan. And that's, the, well, that sounds like a terrible idea, but, but then I heard about the team that they had put together and I was a huge lost fan. Mm. That was Carlton Cuse's show immediately before this. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the opportunity to come in and meet with him and discuss with him and, and work with him was, was incredible. And, and Carrie Aaron, uh, the other, uh, kind of, uh, showrunner behind the scenes of the show, both of them together have such a um, kind of emotional depth and sensitivity, but, but also uh, they're able to find ways to communicate these really terrible stories, hmm. <laughs> but in a way that makes them interesting. And as you say, you know, somehow, even though we know the inevitability uh, of, 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 of the character's end, we, we're somehow hoping against hope that it's not going to end up that way. Yeah. And uh, they've done an amazing job, and and, and you're right, um, Freddie is, is incredible. He came to one of the recording sessions last year, and you know, he couldn't have been a sweeter, more polite, um, nice fellow. And he's sort of brilliant, too. I, I, I think he speaks half a dozen languages and has functioned as uh, you know, an official translator in some capacity. And I, I don't know, but he's... Um, yeah, he's just, he's a sponge for, because he's writing a couple of episodes now, and he, I think he's directing one this year. And he—and—and and when he was at the session, he was just a sponge for why we were doing things the way that we were doing them. And yeah, it, it's just, he's, uh, but he couldn't be more polite or kind um, or gracious.
0: It's really, I mean, it seems like he does have a real reverence for the character. He hasn't just come in and, oh, I'm Norman Bates now. You know, You know, it's, I don't get that from him. I get that that he, you know, he he now is this character. He's not just playing a role. To him, Norman is somebody that's real. And, and that goes to... It's just a... It makes it more believable for me. Because, like I said, I mean, to me, he now is Norman Bates. And... I never would have thought anybody could have replaced Anthony Perkins, but this has now happened. So it's, it's a testament to him and everybody behind the show, because you know, if the show wasn't as good as it was, chances are it would have been canceled and we, we wouldn't even be talking right now. But uh, Bates Motel is, it's part of a very big legacy. I mean, Psycho, The subsequent sequels it's it's going to go down in not just the horror the history of horror movies but it's going to go down in the history of of film as being you know a big big legacy musically as well the series you know the 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 series has an incredible pedigree bernard herman jerry goldsmith carter burwell graham Revell. all of these people all of these composers these are all names that music fans or, or film music fans will know and love. How was it for you <laughs> kind of going into this? Was there <laughs> any, was there any nerves or any kind of like, I'm, are you, you're not now carrying the mantle of, you know, Jerry Goldsmith, Bernard Herrmann. I mean, how does that feel? Um, I would say uh, th- there's a couple of ways to answer that.
1: First, I mean, yeah, you, you, list, you just listed four you know, idols, hmm. right? Um, uh, and particularly Bernard Herman, um, and that was you know, before I, I was able to to be employed on this show. Um, and in fact, in previous projects, I think well, let's see when I did when I did source code, one of the comments that I got very frequently was that um, I was channeling Bernard Herman, and I hadn't intentionally done that. But at the same time, I was very flattered to say, you know, what, I'll take that yeah. There's a couple ways to respond. Sometimes, if you're compared to another composer, you're like, well, I want to be my own person. But, but in that regard, I was uh, I was very <laughs> glad about that. Um, so, when we started this show, one of the things that Carlton made made uh, clear is that they weren't trying to do an homage. It wasn't an attempt to recreate um, that world. It was a different uh, setting and a different imagining of what may you know how these characters could have formed and as such we weren't going to try to have a musical signature that referenced that world that being said um, I think my natural prejudice um, automatically puts some of that into the sound (laughs) not because I've intended to but just because it's part of the vocabulary that I am comfortable in and that I've uh, you know kind of has been a part of my makeup for, for, for years. Hmm. Um, but so as far as you're know, nervous to carry on the mantle, I think I was comforted in the fact that I wasn't expected to carry the mantle.
0: Right. It
1: was, we're, let's do, you know, this is our telling of this story. Um, I didn't have to compare myself to it. In fact, it was better if I didn't, you know, if I didn't think about it, um, as a reference, because that wasn't our intention. Now, that being said, after our first spotting session for for season five, it, it it's going to be very fascinating to me because this is the season where the psycho universe and this universe kind of collides.
0: Ah, oh, right.
1: We catch up to to events familiar in the movie, and so and Norman is basically the Norman from the movie now. Hmm. Uh, he's kind of gone down the path. He's, um, he's kind of fully uh, wrapped up in this disorder. Um, what do they call it? The uh, I don't know. I, I say schizophrenia, but like you know, identity or disassociative identity That's disorder. That's the one, yes. So he's fully, you know, kind of wrapped up in that now. And so one of the thoughts that, that came from our first meeting about season five was, you know, I think maybe just this might be the time to start bringing in some gestures that Ooh. might uh, allude to our familiarity with the you know, psycho now.
0: Right.
1: But, and we've gone, we've, we've the, the, you know, for whether it's accurate or not, we feel like we've kind of earned it that we know who these people are now. We know, you know, kind of the events that are coming. Because it's already you know, well, it's already been announced and publicized that Marion Crane shows up this season, hmm. um, and so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. But I'm I'm really excited to try to you know see if I can and and maybe it is this is where it gets daunting where I'm being asked to try to you know, flex those muscles a little bit to see if I actually have them. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited about that prospect to see if I can be a little bit more overt um uh in kind of giving a a, a tip of the hat to uh, Bernard
0: is, is there any temptation to recreate in some way the theme from Psycho just because it's it's so iconic you you can literally play it to anybody walking down the street and they're like oh it's Psycho or or it's that that horror movie with the shower scene right. is there without giving anything away uh it would be <laughs> be as discreet as you like has there been any temptation? Has anyone said maybe we could introduce parts of it or elements of that theme into the fifth season?
1: Um, no one has said anything like that. And I think there are reasons beyond my pay grade um, that we might not be able to actually do that. <laughs> right. Um, so, I, But again, I don't, I don't know where the season's going. I know a few broad strokes. Um, I've only seen the first episode. Um, but, you know, I mean, as we've said, we know who Norman is. He's got the peephole. He's set up right next to room one. The, and so uh, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what the musical opportunities are going to be and how we're going to play them. Um, because there may just be some sort of sour, shower scene this season. I don't know. Uh, I've, I've heard <laughs> whisperings, but they've been known to kind of turn things on their ear before.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can't tell right now, but I literally have a grin from ear to ear, just thinking of the possibilities of what can come in the fifth season, because the way the way the fifth season was kind of described to me, or I, I read this somewhere, was it's, if you took the Psycho movie, but you made it 10 hours long, and obviously it's interspersed with other storylines, it's not just Norman's story, but we're going to get a longer version of what you kind of already know, but there will be differences along the way. Are you actually in the process now of writing the music for season five?
1: Today is my first day.
0: Wow. Wow. That's really cool. That is really, really cool. I can't believe I'm actually speaking to you on the first day of you, of you starting work on the final season of Bates Motel. That's, that's insane. Um, Well, had it been the sixth day, we probably wouldn't be speaking. <laughs> That's true. That's probably very, very true. I caught you on a good day, so I'm, I'm really glad about that. So, not looking too far into the, uh, too far into the future, but is there? what's next for you after I mean coming off of kind of like a juggernaut like Bates Motel I mean you've you've been involved musically in some huge movies and and television shows over the last few years is there something that you would like to do next that may be a little bit different um yes okay Here, so I've uh, yeah
1: I've been very fortunate to be very very busy lately. Just just barely finished a couple days ago. We had our last recording session. An ABC miniseries called When We Rise, which is uh, Dustin Lance Black and Gus Van Sant, um, you know, kind of the creative team behind the movie Milk from several oh, years. Back. Yeah, um, they've created a, a an eight hour mini series that kind of chronicles. Uh, um, this uh, variations of civil rights uh, as it follows kind of the gay rights movement of 1970s and how it collides with women's rights and civil rights and, and healthcare. And it follows um, these real characters, historic characters through um, several decades uh, in their fight for equality. Um, and it ends with the, um, the, the uh, Supreme court case, granting marriage equality to all all. So, you know, a, a, a little light reading there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating with the current political climate because yeah. this has been in the works for years, but it, by the time it airs, um, you know, we'll have a new president and a completely new political outlet. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what the response, um, will be. To... So just finished that. Um, I worked with uh, James Newton Howard again recently and scored, he, uh, he scored um, Barry Sonnenfeld, a series of unfortunate events for Netflix. Yes. Uh, I did a couple episodes of that. Oh, cool. Um, got base baseball I'm currently working on a movie with uh, Theodore Shapiro. He and I are co-scoring uh, Fox comedy. It doesn't really have a title yet, but it's <laughs> and um, Amy Schumer, which is a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, she's brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'll be doing the tick, which is a pilot that was just uh, for Amazon, which was just um, picked up, which will be happening sometime.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I got to say, I love that. I I love Peter anyway. He's uh, he's been in everything in the UK, but when I saw him in the, at first I thought, hmm. Uh, you know, but then I actually saw it and thought, this is brilliant. I, I have to see more of this. And, and it looks like Amazon are definitely going, they're, they're doing the Netflix thing of just, let's all create our own content and it will be awesome. And that does appear to be what's happening right now. So uh, there, yeah, there's, well, lots.
1: There's, there's a British invasion of television going on right now as well. <laughs>
0: we are we are everywhere that's that's basically uh what it is well uh at some point i hope you take a break chris and you get to uh enjoy the fruits of your many labors
1: thank you uh i will i promise hopefully i I can't i can't always tell when that's going to happen but (laughs) the blessing and the curse of our of 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 my job is that um you know it it all happens at once and i feel like i i'm never going to make this make it through this i i never want to work again and you go through a period of, I'm never going to work again. No one's going to ever call me to do anything. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's just the, uh, the nature of, of this life, which uh, I kind of love.
0: Excellent. Well, that is good to hear because as a fan of your work, I hope that uh, I can listen to your music for a very, very, very long time to come. So uh, thank you for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, The Bates Motel score is available now digitally from Lakeshore Records with the vinyl version coming from I Am 8-Bit very, very soon. Chris, thank you very much and uh, have a good day composing uh, for for season five of Bates Motel. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you again someday.
1: Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate it.